Hey there, let's face it. Today's internet world is so saturated and everyone is fighting for their number one spot to be visible. It is no longer about running ads and having thousands of people on your email list. It is about building relationships and networking with others to grow your business and become visible. Hi, my name is Candice. I'm a podcast launch strategist and I help service-based business owners develop and deliver their message to the world by using platforms like podcasting and bringing valuable content to those who need to hear what they have to say. Welcome to the Hello C.S. Dorsey podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Hello C.S. Dorsey podcast. I have Rihanna here on the podcast today. Hi, Rihanna. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to chat with you today. Awesome. So tell everyone who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Rihanna Campbell, and I am a real estate entrepreneur. I've been in the real estate industry for over 17 years now, and I've grown and then sold a multi-million dollar real estate business. And now I'm kind of at the beginning stages again, growing a, a business that's going to do property management as well as sales and coaching for real estate investors and real estate entrepreneurs. Oh, sounds exciting. I cannot wait until we get into the details of this. This is this is partially <laughs> my jam. <laughs> I have a lot of jams, but this is partially my jam. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So let's talk about the inspiration behind starting your business. What was that like for you? So I got started in real estate back in 2004. I was doing mortgage loans. And if you're familiar with the real estate bubble, that was when things were at its best. I was getting a ton of mortgages and you know, it was so easy to, to get a loan approved. You really just had to have a social security number and breathe to get a loan. So it was really fun. But then in 2007, 2008, everything came crashing down and I had to rethink what I was doing in real estate. And so I got my real estate education and started learning about investing and, and the different things you can do in real estate, wholesaling and foreclosures and all types of stuff and decided that wholesaling made the most sense. And so I started a wholesaling business in 2008 and that quickly shifted to a property management business and I had I ended up meeting a bunch of investors who at the time were just very desperate for any type of support and help and I ended up doing mostly property management stuff um, so that was the beginning of my real estate career and I just it moved in a different direction than I even expected it to that's awesome this sounds great. I want to ask so many questions, but I'm like, Candace, be quiet. <laughs> I'm like, just uh, hang tight. <laughs> <Just away. laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. So I know we're going to get into uh, how to win in real estate, but I really want to know exactly, you talked about how you got started in it, but I really want to know how did you get that traction? How did you get, uh, I guess, the marketing aspect of when you started out? So I started off and I started off with the idea that I was wholesaling. And in wholesaling, if you've ever driven down the street and seen those signs that say we buy houses cash, that's like the tried and true recognition of a wholesaler. Those are wholesaling signs. Usually the person who is posting those signs in the street is a wholesaler. So I was literally going 
down all the streets in the neighborhoods that I wanted to market and posting signs in the grass by the highways, by, you know, major traffic areas at intersections, at stoplights. And I started getting a bunch of phone calls. Now, of course, this is like the old school way of doing things. So in 2008, you know, this is really way before we were serious on the internet. For the most part, we were doing things by phone. So I was doing a ton of stuff by posting signs. After that, it was mostly reaching out to my core network of people, just talking to different people that I knew, talking to people that said that they were interested. I did some advertising in like magazines or newspapers and blogs, a bunch of, I just tried anything. (laughs) I think I was just experimenting. I just needed the phone to ring and to make a sale. So I just tried all the different things that I could do. And some of it worked and some of it didn't work. And some of it was a waste of time and money. And, you know, you kind of learn and grow and figure out what works for you and just keep doing that thing. Interesting. So in this day and age, what do you feel, having gone through all those different, trying all those different avenues, what do you feel was the most effective for you in terms of getting those leads, getting those, getting the traction in the marketing aspect? That's a great question. And what I teach my clients, the same thing I teach my clients and the same thing I teach to a lot of people who are just getting started is you almost never have to spend money to make an impact and get the number of leads that you need to really get going. It's really just about your network. And sometimes you might have to expand that network, right? So your friends and family may not be the best people who might be buying something or buying your product, but they have friends. And those people have friends. So how do you do almost like LinkedIn, right? How do you get to the second connection and third connection? Who do you need to talk to? And what do you need to say to your first connections to get introduced to your those second connections and third connections? So keep expanding your network in that way. And then also start moving in different circles. Start talking to different people. A lot of people do very strategic networking. So they will go to like BNI groups and other types of networking groups where you are one of maybe 20 people in that group that offers that a different type of product or service. And you connect with someone who's doing something complementary to your business and you exchange leads. So you have a client and then you refer that client to them and they have a client and they refer that client to you and continuing those relationships. So there's so many different things that you can do that is free Um, I mean, I have a list of like 20 or 30 different things you can do that's free or very low cost and doesn't require a whole bunch of technology. It's really just connecting and communicating. And then beyond that, once you have a good rhythm going of that kind of layer of your marketing plan, then you can enhance it with some of the paid stuff. But I wouldn't go to the paid stuff until you've really exhausted all of your network. So that's kind of the best place to start. I love this mainly because you can actually use this strategy not only for real estate, but if you're a service-based business owner or if you're just starting out, this is a really good strategy to start off with. And all of a sudden, you know, oftentimes we always think about, you know, that saying it takes money to make money. Well, that's not actually true. It, It takes building relationships and connecting in order to make money. So I'm really happy that you pointed that out because a lot of times we have, especially when we start now, we have in our mind, okay, I need to have an ad budget. I need to have a marketing budget. I need to do this. I need to do that. 
And then we go crazy and nuts and then we stop because the messaging is being, it's, it's, it's wrong for new entrepreneurs and inspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. I learned that the hard way. I, you know, before I could really craft my message, I started trying to, I spent money on my message. So I did advertising and things like that. And that, you know, when you're advertising, you have to be able to speak to the audience that you want to purchase your product or service. But if you don't know how to talk to them or what they're looking for or how you can help them, then the language that you put out may not be as useful. You have to get practice. And so networking really helps you with the practice. Networking helps you to craft your messaging. It helps you figure out what people need. I think as entrepreneurs, we have an idea in our heads of what we think people need. And it might be something completely different. And you just don't know how to sell it. Now, what you have to offer might be good, but the way you present that offer and position yourself is is more important than what you actually have to sell. So people just want their problems solved. And however you need to speak to them to let them know that you can solve their problem is really what they want. They don't care what you have to offer. They just want to know how you're going to help them. And so you really need to get as much practice as possible with really being able to tell your story and tell them how you can help them to solve those problems. I love it. I love it so much. I just had a podcast interview just yesterday. So that's coming. That's going to be coming out soon. We talked about storytelling and solving problems as well. So I see a theme going on here. (laughs) Yes, it's very important. (laughs) Yes. So could you remember a time in your business or starting out where you had a hello moment? I don't know if I can say that I had a moment. I think there were I think there were times when I was frustrated that things were not moving along as quickly as I expected them to. When I was just getting started, you know, you put a lot of work and effort into your business and to growing your business, but you're not necessarily seeing the results right away. And I think that can be really frustrating for a new entrepreneur because we're used to instant gratification, right? We have a thousand conversations and we're just like, why did I only have one sale? So I need to talk to a thousand people to get one sale. That makes no sense. But what I didn't understand, which I do now, is the most people who you talk to are not ready to buy what you have to sell right now. As a matter of fact, you usually need to talk to people at least five times before they even are ready to buy anything. So I didn't really understand the benefit of following up with people. I just thought I needed to talk to a thousand more people in order to get another one sale. But that's not the right way to do it. The right way to do it is to talk to people. And if they show like, if they seem like they have any type of interest whatsoever, then keep in touch with them and just reach back out to them later. But one of the people who made, helped me understand that better was this really aggressive salesperson who worked for a payroll company. And I let her know that I was interested in payroll services, but wasn't too sure exactly the timing. Well, she followed up with me every two weeks for a year until I closed, until like basically I signed up with her. I had never seen anything like that in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, she is like on it. And after the few, the first few times of answering the phone and letting her know I wasn't ready, 
I just stopped answering the phone, but she never stopped calling me. She never stopped. She just called me. She left me a message. She called me. She'd leave me another message. She'd send me another email. And after a while, I was like, as soon as I'm ready, I'm giving this lady the business because she is on it. <laughs> she is, she is, she is all about getting that deal. So I have to give her my business. Like she's making so much of an effort. I'm not even going to look at another payroll company. <laughs> so I, I think the importance of the follow-up is probably the most impactful thing you can do for your business. And it took me so long to figure that out. It took me a really long time to figure that out and why it was so important. And really understanding that even if somebody buys someone something from your competitor, that that doesn't mean that they're happy with what they got, that they may still come back to you. So continue to follow up until they tell you, point blank, stop calling me. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want what you have to sell. <laughs> don't call me anymore. Until they tell you no, then keep following up. And just understand that that's probably the most important thing you can keep doing to grow your business. I love it. Yeah. You, and it's apparent that she had like a really good follow-up system. Probably had like it all on yes. her calendar, reminders, email at this time, call at this time. So that's very, very important. I'm happy that you pointed that out. That's really good. Hey there, C.S. Dorsey here. We thrive on awesome feedback from our listeners because you make the show. Now, we'd like to ask you to take a moment to comment, share, give a rating, or share your hello moment. Once you've done that, take a snapshot of the review and tag me on Instagram at csdorsey underscore hello. I cannot wait to hear from you. So let's talk about how to win in real estate. I cannot wait for you to talk about this. So I'm going to let you go home and take it over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I guess it just depends on what you're doing in real estate. So the first thing to keep in mind is I I think there's this misconception of real estate investing. And so some people are investors and they want to actively do a real estate job, meaning they are salespeople or they are doing flipping properties, or they are wholesaling, that means that you're working for that. And then the other side of it is you're investing and not actively working. So there's kind of two different things that people kind of get confused about when it comes to real estate. And I think everyone goes into real estate saying, this is the place to be because this is where you build wealth. Well, it's a little, it's, it's not as cut and dry exactly how you build wealth when you first get started. So just to clear up that confusion, it's like, do you want a real estate job or do you want to build wealth and pass that along to your family later on in life? And what, you know, the difference between that is you being an entrepreneur and making money from real estate versus you being an investor and owning something and then passing that along. So there's kind of two different things you can do to win. So if you are actively working in real estate. Some of the things I just mentioned to you is really important. So you are, you know, actively selling properties for clients, buying properties for clients or with clients. You are actively wholesaling or you are actively flipping properties. Then you need to do some of the things I just mentioned, which is, you know, stay on top of things, reaching out to people. You're you're a salesperson. You're selling yourself. You're selling your expertise. 
you have to follow up with people. So that makes a huge difference in the amount of effort that you need to make in order to get the deals that you want to get done. And so being really aggressive about your sales and making sure that you have good systems in place for the follow-up, just like you mentioned, is going to be really beneficial. But on the flip side of that, which is really what a lot of people think real estate is all about, is the ownership piece. I think we work right now in order to make money to meet our basic needs. And beyond that, we want to make sure our family is taken care of. We want want to own something so that we can pass that thing along to our children and our children's children. We want to build a legacy. We want to give them an opportunity to be in a better position than we were. So if we grew up in a certain level, uh, a certain income bracket, we want them to start off in a better place um, for the most part. Some people do. (laughs) Um, But you do that through ownership and you do that by passing along that ownership. So for example, I have a cousin of mine whose dad um, had passed away and had owned a lot of real estate and she decided to take on the responsibility of managing that real estate for the benefit of her family and, and her siblings. And, you know, those type of things is a way that you build legacy. So she's taking care of that property, those properties that, that her dad passed along for her children and her siblings' children. And that is how you build a legacy. That's what you do. You own something, you pass it along to the next generation. And then they own that thing, but plus they own stuff that they accumulate in their lifetime. And that's how you pass on real estate as an investment to future generations. Now, you could do the same thing with stocks as well. You can do the same thing with other types of investment vehicles. You can pass that stuff along. But again, you know, it has to be, you have to be managing it. You have to be taking care of it. You have to make sure that it's something that you can pass along and figure out what you need to do in order to do that. So that is, that's the thing that's going to allow you to win in life and then beyond your life. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It really does. I, yeah. I think it's very important to, like you say, have something that you own and pass it down. You know, growing up that having a, you know, property or having a house, that was kind of, that's a little far-fetched. It was a dream. It was like, oh man, to have your own house. That was a dream. That was something that, you know, we didn't see often like me growing up. It was definitely a, a dream to have your own place and have your own, you know, your own home, mortgage, all of that. But to actually see that it's tangible was far-fetched for us. So growing up and now I own my own home, it is so funny because I, I'm probably going off topic. I uh, <laughs> probably have to tell my, uh, my podcast manager, uh, you may want to cut off my rant. <laughs> but, but now that I own my own home, it's so funny because now my cousins up under me, they're looking at that and now they're like, I want to own my own home too. I want to have something for me. And I think that is so, so important to have that ownership. And then, like you said, to pass it along to my kids or, you know, 
it doesn't even necessarily have to be my kids. It could be like I could sell this to my cousin or, you know, she passed it on to her kids. As long as it's staying in the family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah that's so important. I, I think. And then making sure that you are looking into the vehicles that you need to pass that that those properties along. So, you know, they have created trust for that exact reason. You put the property in the name of the trust instead of in your name, because when you pass away, everything that you own passes away with you, right? Yes. Um, and then you, your, your family has to figure out how to sort through your things. But if you put it in the name of the trust, you can leave very specific instructions on how you want everything within that trust to be taken care of. So you can say, I want to leave that. I want to leave this trust. The beneficiary of this trust is my niece or my nephew or my children or however, but you can change those instructions up to the day you die. And so when you put the property in the name of the trust, it becomes something that you can shift from person to person from lifetime to lifetime. And those things are really important to understand. So yeah, so real estate, again, is just one of one of the best investments that can be passed along. When you, I was listening to a story that they had about the Queen of England and the royal family, they own so much real estate. So much of their money comes in from rent. So much of what they bring in to the royal family is from rent because they own so much land. They own so much property. And so, you know, this is built over, you know, decades and centuries of accumulation. And so I think we need to have a better sense of what we're doing and what we're trying to live for and the things that we want to be able to pass along. And it's not just money. And I think, you know, when people think about money, passing money from generation to generation, I've seen so many people think that they win the lottery and they take that money and they go out and they spend it. And then that money has gone within a few years of that person dying. That's not how you build up the next generation. How you do it is you leave very specific instructions on what you want to see happen with the investment that you pass along and how you want it to benefit others. So being very clear about your intentions of what you're doing and how you want that to pass along to the next, the next, and then the next, and then the next. So yeah, so that's really important, really key. Yes, I love it so much. So any last minute advice you have for our listeners out there? No. So if you are a soon-to-be entrepreneur or a new entrepreneur and you're just getting started, I would say the most important thing for you to do is have a good system in place on how you're going to get, how you're going to build awareness to what you're trying to sell, how you're going to get in front of people, how many people you need to get to before you make a sale and have a really awesome follow-up system for anyone that seems like they're interested in your product. And do not give up on following up no less than five times. I would say if you've not reached out to the person five times, at least at a bare minimum, then you're not following up enough. Most people buy between five and 12 times of following up. So make sure that you're following up at least five to 12 times to really land that sale. And this could be over the course of a year. It doesn't have to be immediate. You're not calling them every day. <laughs> you're calling them over the course of a period of time. And what you're going to notice is every time you have another person, then another person, another person, you start really adding to the list of people that are interested in your, your business and want to work with you. 
then your business will grow exponentially over a period of time. So at first, you're not going to see the results. The first few years are really tough. But then after that, you're going to see a huge spike and exponential growth in your business because of all the work that you really put into it. So yeah, don't give up. If you're a new entrepreneur, don't give up. Put in the work. And I bet you in a few years, you're going to see the results that you want. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love it. So my question is how, because I know some of us feel like, oh, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be, you know, I feel icky, keep falling up so many times. So what is your advice on how to get over that and move and push past that? Oh, so my advice is if you really believe in what you're selling, if you truly believe that you're helping people with what you're selling, and that's why a lot of people start their business, right? They say, oh, you know, I came up with this amazing hair product. I want to sell it to people who they're losing their hair all the time because of stress. And I want to give them this thing that's really going to help them. If you truly believe that, then how many people's lives can you improve with your hair product? If you truly believe that you can help people, you are doing them a disservice by not following up, by not telling them how amazing your product is, by not showing them the things that the possibilities of them, them having a better life. So that means that you're not doing your, you're not working in your purpose. So you need to work in your purpose, no matter how that feels. And I know sometimes we get, we get caught up in the idea of being annoying or feeling like we shouldn't be talking to people because they're going to be irritated by the fact that we're always calling them, but you're not going to be you're not doing yourself any favors by trying to push your products on them. It's not about you. It's about them. So if you truly believe that you're helping people, then you owe it to them to convince them that this is something that they need. I can't like, for example, for me, I've been real estate. I'm learning all this stuff about real estate. The people who should be benefiting from all of my knowledge and my experience are the people who are closest to me. I'm doing them a disservice if I don't tell them all the things that I'm learning and the things that they should be doing with their lives. If my family members die and their kids suffer for it, then that's my fault because I could have prevented it by saying something about it. So I need to do what I need to do, regardless of how annoying that is, in order to make sure that my family is set up for success. And you would treat everyone the same way. So not following up and feeling like you are annoying or anything like that. That's about you. That's not about them. And you're doing stuff for other people. So you have to get past those feelings. And you have to be scared sometimes, but get past that and just keep doing it. Keep moving on and keep keep going because you have to, right? You have to if that's what you believe that you should be doing. Definitely. Oh, I love it so, so much. So where can everyone find you? Yeah, so you can find me on all the social medias. <laughs> I am at Rihanna M. Campbell. So you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. And you can go to my website at properplanning.realestate. And if you are interested, I do have a class that I did last year that was helping young entrepreneurs who are just getting started. So feel free and I'll make sure I share that information. You can go in. I'll give you a, a special code so it can just be for free for your listeners and get as much information from that as possible on how you can start your business. It's called Zero to Six Figures. 
So you can learn so much about what you need to do in order to get to get your business to that six figure mark. And I just kind of have that sitting there. So I'm happy to give it away. Oh, awesome. I will love that. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely circle back with you. So we're going to put that uh, code in the, the show notes or however you want to do it. That would be so awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Rihanna. I had, uh, I really did enjoy this. I had a blast. I did. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is my awesome. jam. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it too. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you so much.